Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Short Round Podcast. I'm your host, Pro Rodeo Canada Insider and the Pro Rodeo Canada Social Media Manager, Wacey Anderson. I am so fired up to share this new project with all of you. The Short Round is fixing to be your one-stop shop for everything you need to know of what's going on with Pro Rodeo Canada. We'll have results, event wrap-ups, updates, news, interviews with those contestants and those involved with Pro Rodeo Canada events throughout the year. It's fixing to be a cool thing that we're going to do throughout the the rest of this year and into 2024. So I cannot wait to keep on sharing this with you all. So without further ado, let's get the show on the road and catch you, get you all caught up on what's been happening around Pro Rodeo Canada. So CFR 49 just wrapped up. It was an insane weekend, Red Deer. In my opinion, like one of the best CFRs to date. There was record crowds. There's amazing storylines, drama, everything you could want in the final rodeo happened Red Deer that week. And I don't know. It's hard to sum, sum it up in, into one word. So let's uh, take a look back and see what happened in Red Deer a few weeks ago. So like I said before, we broke attendance records all week, all the way through Wednesday to Championship Sunday. Huge crowds, really awesome action, really engaged. I thought it was definitely one of the best crowds we have seen at a CFRs in past years. So man, it was awesome. So And also Friday night, the team roping, probably the best round of team roping we've ever seen in a CFR. Um, early on in the round, T. McLeod and Brady Chapel tied the CFR arena record with 3.7 seconds. And then just a few teams later, Calgary Smith, Brady Tryon broke that record with 3.5 seconds. And to make it even better, Ren Richard, Jeremy Bueller ended up tying that same record shortly after with another 3.5 second run. So that turned out to be an epic round of team roping, if you ask me. Um, some other stuff to, to make note of Zeke Thurston. Bucked off in the first round of competition at CFR 49, which kind of left the whole crowd, anybody involved, people on the back of the shoots, they were silent. It was crazy. Probably the, the last thing anybody expected. But one thing we need to, we all know is you can never count Zeke out. He went on to win three rounds, get himself back in the mix, and eventually take home his fourth Canadian title. Bravo, Zeke. And finally, one of my favorite highlights from the past CFR would have been Taylor Manning winning her three rounds in a row in the barrel racing. She kind of came in a few spots back of that lead, top spot of the leaderboard and shot the lights out, winning three rounds in a row throughout the weekend and got herself back into the mix. Unfortunately, didn't got herself out of the average after knocking a few barrels. Um, so she was unable to capture that Canadian title, but heck of an effort on her end, and we were stoked to see it. So awesome, awesome, awesome action from CFR 49. And just to recap, and get you all caught up on the winners in case you missed it. So in the barrel racing, we had Lynette Brodaway. She came in the season leader, walked out her CFR Red Deer as the winner. Congratulations on her first Canadian title. Um, in the bareback riding, Clint Lay comes back with a storm to capture his second Canadian title. Congratulations, Clint. Awesome to see you back and competing at your best. So looking for big things out of him in 2024. Um, in the steer wrestling, Scott Gunther. The guy who didn't want to rodeo that much rodeoed enough to get his fourth Canadian title. And it was awesome to see Scott's an absolute killer. You put him in those situations, back him into a box for lack of a better term. He's going to come out swinging and put his best foot forward. So super stoked for Scott, one of the good guys of the game. So congratulations. And we'll see what, what he has, has left in the tank here in 2024. Um, in the team roping, I mentioned these fellows earlier, Brady Trine, Calgary Smith. Man, these guys were so fun to watch at the CFR. Roped a lot of emotion, shot the lights out every night, and really pushed the pace um, 
in the team roping, like, like we said before, that broke the CFR arena record, um, ended up tying with, uh, Ren Richard and Jeremy Bueller. So super, super stoked for those guys. It was fun to watch them take home the aggregate title and the Canadian title at their first CFRs. So again, no more guys to watch out for as we move forward here, uh, into 2024. Um, another guy I was talking about earlier, the Zeke Thurston, the King of the North, um, <laughs> the undisputed King of Canadian bronc riding. I think safe to say now Zeke, uh, capturing his fourth Canadian title in Red Deer, um, yeah, that buck off, like I said before, kind of had us all speechless, but you can never count the guy out. If he's in the draw, he's always in the mix to win, and he he smashed out three round wins in a row, placed really deep in the other rounds, and just was a force to be reckoned with in Red Deer. So once again, hats off to Zeke for taking home his fourth Canadian title. Um, in the tie-down roping, tie-down roping <laughs> excuse me, uh, Haven Medjid sealing the deal for his first Canadian title. It was, it was the second CFR, and... It's kind of talked about throughout the week how he was really, really wanting to push for that first ever Canadian title, and he he showed why he's one of the best in the world, best tie down ropers in the world, as a former world champion, putting together some great runs. And yeah, it was good to see Haven take home that title. So congratulations in the bull riding. Edgar Durazo picking up his second Canadian title in as many years after a five for six performance, and I mean put on a clinic in the bull riding into his hand away from his hand you could hardly throw him off except for that one round but i mean edgar well deserved one of the another one of the good guys of the sport i was really happy to see how much he cares and, and really really wants wants to win and is grateful for the success that he's had so again hats off to edgar um in the breakaway rope in shea beaver picks up her first canadian title in the breakaway rope and she had a great week they only did three rounds in red the last three rounds and and she came uh guns a blazing and Walked out of Red Deer as the champion. So congratulations, Shea. Um, and into the novice in steer riding. Hayden Mulvey is your steer riding champion. The novice bareback riding, you got Chase Siemens. And the novice saddle bronc, Jarrett Cooper. The novice events are so great um, that we were able to have those as part of the CFR. Um, there's some really, really great young talent coming up. There's some huge rides in the cow riding, or the steer riding, I should say. And, man, it was it was fun to watch these guys uh, battle it out throughout the week for these titles. So congratulations to all of our novice champions. And finally, our all-around champion, Logan Spady, and our Kenny McLean Award winner, Kyle Wanchuk, um, round out your champions from CFR Red Deer. Um, if you want to look back on any of the results or news releases, you can head to the Pro Radio Canada website, where our director of communications, Barb Paulson, has everything you need to know from the past CFR, if you want to just look back on some of the, the rounds and results and anything you need there. So... Congratulations to all the winter. Congratulations to all the winners. It was an awesome weekend right here. And I can't wait to do it again here at CFR 50. And before we move on from our, before we move into CFR 50, I just want to send one last thank you out to the crew at Westerner Park and CFR Red Deer. They were unbelievable partners for the CFR over the past six years. And Red Deer were, was a great host to us. And they truly set the bar for what the CFR should be. And I think this past year was a, a good example of that. Um, it was high energy, good crowds, good entertainment, good competition. And I think that's going to be good to have as we move into more and more CFRs. So moving into some new business, the CFR is returning to Edmonton. In case you missed that news from October 2nd to 5th, 2024 for CFR Red Deer. So I just want to send a huge congratulations out to the CFR Edmonton team. Um, it's going to be awesome to be back in the City of Champions 2024 for the CFR and the 50th CFR. So it'll be great. 
we will uh, we'll get into more of this as we move forward here in new episodes into the new year. Um, so coming up, we got the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals, which run November 22nd to 25th in Regina during Canadian Western Exhibition. And I'll be joined later in the show with my pal, professional rodeo announcer Robert Smith, to give you guys an in-depth preview of the finals and what to expect as we get into Regina next week. Um, but before that, I want to throw it to this week's interview with the Cowboy Channel's on-air personality and proud Canadian Katie Lucas. It was a great chat, so enjoy. All right, welcome back to the short round where we are joined by our first ever guest, the one and only Katie Lucas. Katie, thank you for joining us the first ever CPRA podcast episode. How's it going today? Hey, it's going good. I'm really excited and I'm I'm feeling pretty honored to get to be the first guest. That's awesome. Thank you. Oh, when I was coming up with kind of the structure of the show, I mean, you were the perfect person. We had just spent pretty much a week working together at the CFR you're working with the Cowboy Channel, so you'll be able to kind of help us tee up what's coming at the NFR. And I think I just I want to go in and get into and like sharing your story, your career. And for, for those who may not know you or kind of been wondering how you've ended up where you are today, I, I really want to kind of cover all those bases. So I'm looking forward to having the conversation. And, and speaking of that, let's let's get into that. Your career. Um, yeah. How did you get your start? Where did where did you find the passion for for being behind the camera and broadcasting, especially in the sport of rodeo, where I mean, it's not a common thing where people are like, Hey, I want to be a rodeo broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was definitely something I was really passionate about kind of at the start of high school. Um, I started writing for Barb Paulson with the Canadian pro rodeo news back then. And uh, I always really liked writing. Um, Love Dave and Barb Paulson. I've, I've known them for a very long time. Now we actually joke. They actually tutored my brother and I, when we were in Arizona in the winter time. So Um, I had a great relationship with them and Barb was kind enough to let me have uh, some columns in the Canadian Pro Rodeo News and so got my start in the journalism field there and, and always really enjoyed writing and it's something I still dabble in every once in a while to this day. Uh, and then I I was in love with Jennifer Douglas, Jennifer Smith now, and uh, she's the one that inspired me to first be a rodeo queen. And then when I saw her as a rodeo broadcaster and saw that that could be a job, and, and at the time, maybe it wasn't a full-time job, but it really inspired me to want to follow in those footsteps. So uh, I knew, though, that I wanted the structure of a professional broadcaster. So I went to Lethbridge College uh, for communication arts and specialized in broadcasting because I wanted to know the detail side of it. I knew I knew the rodeo side of it and it's kind of a stats junkie and and love learning about all the rules, all the events. You know, it's hard for me to pick a favorite event because I truly do love all of them. Um, but I wanted to have the other side of it to kind of add some professionalism to what I was doing. Um, so I went to school for broadcasting and from there got to work on a show called The Road to the CFR. Um, shout out to Rangeland Media for that. They were so good to give this young gal out of straight out of college a shot. Um, and I'd actually freelance for them the summer um, that I was kind of in the middle of my two year education in school. So um knew the guys and they were wonderful to work with and they were really wonderful to kind of give me some on the job training as we started out doing a series where um you know I was working with Dave Paulson then and Doug Young and um we went to I think it was six rodeos 
throughout the summer. Um, you know, of course, the Pinocchio Stampede, Medicine Hat, Innisfail, um, and among a few others where we got to go and broadcast um, either the final day or the short rounds of those rodeos. And it was kind of cool to think because that was back in 2013 and we were live streaming back then. <laughs> That's and a I, big deal. I was. And yeah, I think yeah. about like all the calls we get now about like, oh, this speed is cutting out. My internet's not working. My internet's <laughs> not fast enough. And to think about it back in 2013, how tough oh, it gosh. was. Yeah. So um, that was really cool and really got helped me get my start. Um, and that was the first time that I got to do the interviews at the Canadian finals too. So all the way back in 2013. Um, and from there, it was just a lot of work a lot of hustling, um, doing whatever job was available. Um, it didn't matter if it was writing, shooting video, editing video, doing the interviews. Uh, I did it all. And that's kind of what it takes really uh, in the broadcast industry. You can't be too good for anything. You know, you have to be willing to jump in and do whatever jobs available. And so for anyone out there that, you know, wants to get into this field, there's no job too small. You're <laughs> not above any job. Um, you know, Jeff Metters, he's a prime example. He's the king when it comes to rodeo broadcasting. He just not too long ago picked up a camera and shot horsemanship for the Miss Rodeo America pageant because they were just, they were down a shooter and they needed one more. So he just grabbed a camera and did it. And so i feel like there's a lot of young broadcasters out there that are just thinking like, oh, I just want to be it's on a one trick pony type job, yeah. which is which is not there's like that's yeah one of the things I wanted to talk about. It's like that takes all these different things you need to ha be able to do or else you're not going to mm -hmm. be successful. I agree. And I think, too, it makes you so much better once you do get to specialize because Yes, I'm on air 99% of the time now, and that's that's my focus, and that's what I do, mm -hmm. but I can communicate with an editor. I can communicate with a shooter. I can work well with a producer because I have had to do all of that, So, and that's, you know, that's what made me the person that I am today and the broadcaster that I am today. So highly recommend it. Um, I, you know, I worked a couple very busy years for flow sports, uh, running the flow rodeo. I was a content editor for flow. And I mean, that saw me running around like a mad woman doing it all. I'm sure you mm -hmm. remember seeing me, mm -hmm. you know, rushing by and, <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I would shoot, shoot highlights. I would shoot the interviews. I would edit them. I would write the stories, post them to the website. So, you know, truly no job was too small. Um, and for, for two years, I probably did 700 plus pieces of content for them. Um, you know, I remember one year for the American, I did over 200 pieces just wow. for the American. So, That's crazy. um, yeah, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that experience. I feel like I'm still recovering, still uh, yeah. <laughs> take naps from it. But uh, oh gosh, so, yeah. And that eventually led me to the Cowboy Channel, and here we are. Well, and I kind of want to go back to 2013, where like you mentioned, like live streaming events was like a crazy thing. Whereas now we kind of think of it as the norm, right? So how were how were you cutting your teeth outside of the road to the CFR, like like getting that practice, getting those reps in, like you say, because that's such an important thing in anything you do whether it's competing or working in media, working in anything, you got to get those hours in, which I think, again, going back to some other stuff we were just talking about, it's often overlooked. It's just like, we, we kind of just try to specialize on one thing and not work, kind of understand the why of why everything's done the way it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I, I've always 
had the opportunity to do a lot of different things. Like I said, I was I was writing for Canadian Pro Rodeo News, and that really teaches you structure of how a story comes together. And it's the same. You know, there's there's little differences when you switch it over to broadcast, but so much of that structure remains the same. So that was really helpful. Um, for Road to the CFR, too, I was doing their social media, which, you know, it would probably be awful compared to today's standards. But I got to do, you know, behind the scenes posts and do little video clips. And so um, that was was it was really beneficial to 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 maybe think about like okay what what is a good story what is resonating with people online oh they really like this post about the bull um that I you know I got before the rodeo maybe we should do more stories like that so I think just it was just a lot of on the job training a lot of figuring it out as you go but also just being willing to do everything all kind of came together to give me those reps because back then as you know there wasn't a lot of opportunities, especially oh. in Canada. Yes. So. And, and even, even so like, it's still pretty small as it is, but there's getting to be more and more of that stuff. But yeah, it's back then it was like, like social media, all of the stuff, how we cover a lot of rodeo that didn't even exist now. Like you've been looking at like what feature productions does on the, on the, like the content side, like it's crazy what, how much it's grown in the past, I guess, 10 years now since then. Oh yeah, it's huge, huge now. And that's that was my biggest reason for having to look to the states to mm-hmm. eventually make a full-time career. But as you know in Canada, you know, our season only spans half the year. And uh so it's kind of hard to carve out a full-time place for yourself there. And it's I'm so thankful though to see how much it's grown. Like mm-hmm. your position, it didn't even exist yeah, a few yeah. years ago. And yeah, so exactly. It, yeah, it's so good for rodeo. Well, and then I want to get into to going into the U.S. And, and the Cowboy Channel stuff. And and did you find it hard? Because obviously you had all this experience and you've done all these cool things in Canada, but now you have to take it to a whole, like almost a, the, the mega market of rodeo where they've been doing, covering it like crazy for years and years and years. So did you find it hard to kind of break into that? Or were you able to make connections over the years with your work in Canada? Or talk about getting your foot in the door there, because I think that's a... a an interesting thing in itself it was definitely intimidating that's for sure um the the great thing that was so beneficial for me was honestly my connections with my dad um because he rodeoed so much in the U.S. that was helpful and and you know there's a lot of people out there that kind of have a misconception they think that you have to you know, have an in or so-and-so only got there because of who their dad was or whatever. And, and, you know, I've been, um, you know, I don't want to say victim, that's dramatic, but <laughs> there's been people out there that, you know, will say to someone like me, Oh, you just, you just won a rodeo queen contest because of your dad. And I always joke that I want it in spite of my dad <laughs> and my father's daughter. And I had to, you know, really, yeah. uh, cleaned it up or not cleaned it up. He's, you know, he's not rough and tough or anything like that, but he's certainly not a rodeo queen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that my dad opened a lot of doors for me. I remember when I first worked for Flow Sports and I um, introduced myself to Sherry Servey. And of course I said, I'm Katie Lucas. And, and we were talking for a little while and then she says, wait a minute, is your dad Joe? <laughs> and from then on, you know, if I call Sherry Servi, she's willing to pick up the phone and, and mm-hmm, book an interview. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also think at the same time, you know, so so many people could hear that and think like, oh, that's the only reason you yeah. could get to where you are. But I think that 
everybody out there, it doesn't matter who you are, you have innate advantages, you have connections that is different from everyone else. But then it's your job to nourish those connections and to yeah, really exactly prove, yeah, prove yourself mm-hmm. within that role. People don't just stick around because they have that connection. No. They maybe meet you, they're maybe willing to shake your hand for the first time because of that connection. But then you have to make sure that door stays open and prove yourself in that space. So I feel like for a lot of people that has been helpful for me to get in the door and started it. But then it was up to me to go ahead and nourish those connections and expand on them. And it's, it's been a really cool journey. You know, I, I thought I was good at my job before, (laughs) and then I got into the big ocean here in the States and, and it was very intimidating. I I definitely struggle with imposter syndrome a lot. Um, Also, it made me, work a lot harder. I feel like I'd kind of hit a plateau and coming down here and being amongst the best in the business has made me push so much harder and to see how much further I want to go to. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And so, you know, the door was open, but then it was up to me Mm. to bust my butt and make sure that I actually rose to the challenge because it was a huge challenge. You know, I had to make all these connections with the stock contractors, the rodeo committees, um, some contestants that, you know, maybe I'd never met before. And so it's been a really cool journey yeah. and, and very eye-opening because <laughs> I look back to old CFR broadcasts that I put together or, you know, old stories that I'm like, oh gosh, I have oh, yeah. really come a long way. <laughs> well, it's even, and even that's a time when the media side of rodeo is new to a lot of people so like contestants maybe were a little bit apprehensive or like didn't really Mm -hmm. want to be involved and then plus like being a woman in like a mostly male dominant sports and that's a whole other thing and i think yeah there's it just would have been such a crazy time to try and get kind of what you needed out of it and 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 build what build you up that ladder it's it's crazy I, i think there's really something to be said on the side of the it's kind of your job to foster those relationships when the doors open like that's like I don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like you can have the door open for you, but yeah, you got you got to put in the work to to deal with it. Like even for me, it's been the same thing. I've had a lot of doors open for me within rodeo and and in life, and I've really made a point to to like make an effort to foster those relationships because, like you said, it's it's easy for them to say hi, hello, but for them to really to value who you are and see who you are, you got to put in that work. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's kind of a misconception and, and kind of an excuse that people make mm-hmm. of, oh, so-and-so got the job instead of me because because of this, because they had mm-hmm. this advantage. And it's like, no, we all have to work hard no matter how many advantages we have. And so I think that's it's pretty cool to see people, you know, like yourself too, that, yeah, sure, you had some doors open, but so does everybody. Yeah. And it's up to you to step in. So when when you first started working in the US, you mentioned you kind of you realized you needed to work on some things. What were those things that you noticed where you maybe were lacking and you needed to to put a little bit more work into? I think there are things that I still work on to this day. Um, I think Jeff Metters is the king of being concise. And whereas I jump in and I'm like, I'm so excited <laughs> that I want to talk about this, that I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about this. And that's something that I still struggle with to this day. And Jeff he will say something in five words and still get as strong or even stronger of a point across as I can say sometimes in 50 words. 
And so I think about like, okay, channel your inner Jeff Metters here, <laughs> you know, because he's he's just the king at that. And so that's something that I certainly learned how to work on is edit yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think is something that I've struggled with, you know, my entire life, because this does not come naturally to me, is just being more natural, showing mm-hmm or personality. And that's something that, you know, whether it was a queen contest, a public speech, um, or broadcasting, everybody has always told me like, relax, have fun with it, all of this. And I think like, that's something that I've really, really worked on. And I've found it is so much more fun. It's so much easier mm-hmm. just to be yourself, but it's definitely something that I do struggle with. And so those would be the two major things for me, edit myself and just have fun with it. Just, just be me. And that's, you know, I'm so lucky for wonderful coworkers. Um, I always, always thank Ty McClary because Ty is just Ty Mm -hmm. and it brings out sincerity in you because he's just up there talking and what you see on TV is the exact human being that he is off screen too. And when he gets up there and he's just having a conversation with you, it helps me be more conversational too. So I really learned from a lot of my coworkers in that sense of, you know, like, and Ty, especially he is not putting on a show. He is just up there chatting about the thing that he loves and it helps bring that out in me. So I've definitely learned a lot from my coworkers. Well, and I want to get into the the Cowboy Channel stuff with just, how much the game has changed with having the cowboy channel in the mix, like having the CFR broadcast this year and all the rodeos, all the, even all the Canadian rodeos, like that's been a huge game changer and exposure for them. And then you bring in everything they do in the U S market. Like how has that changed it for you as a broadcaster? And then as a fan for the sport? Well, for me personally, it gave me a career, you know, I, I went to college for broadcasting, just hoping that something like this would exist someday. It didn't. It, you know, Cowboy Channel's only been around for a few years now. And I went to school 10 years ago, 12 years ago. And so it for me on a personal level, it gave me an, an entire career that I could make a living doing what I always dreamed I could do. Um, and as far as the rodeo side of things, you know, how cool is it that you and I get to be in this? kind of renaissance of rodeo, because as we know from being in it, you know, our whole lives, it was stagnant for a long time. It was Mm -hmm. trucking along, it was doing just fine, but it wasn't going anywhere. And this year, and I'm sure you saw the same thing, every single rodeo that I went to, record crowds, record, you know, even just on the grounds, um, record souvenir sales, um, you know, beer sales, all of that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, and then for you on your end, I'm sure you're seeing amazing numbers on social media and, Mm -hmm. you know, things are just. Competition is better than it's ever been. Like that's, I, I, that's one thing I found like across the board, every event, like you're seeing fast runs, high scores, like everything's happening all the time. And there's so many more competitors too. You think about, you know, back in my dad's day or, or even earlier, you'd have your handful of guys that those were your mm-hmm. standouts. Those are the ones that are going to win the world titles. And now it's like any of those top 15 at the NFR, they could win a world title. And mm-hmm. then there's 
20 more in most events <laughs> yeah. that could be in that category too. And, um, you know, just the horsepower and what we're seeing in horse sales and futurities. And mm-hmm. it's such a cool time to be involved in rodeo. And so to have the Cowboy Channel kind of be involved in, in, in just some small way, be a part of that. It's just, it's so cool. It's such an honor to be a part of. Well, and, and you guys recently just won an award for your rodeos in a hundred days uh, broadcast thing. I, I don't know what the pro- proper word for it is, excuse me for that, but that's, that's a cool thing to kind of like finally see the combination of that word recognized kind of at a, a higher level outside of the sport. Yeah, it's actually gotten a couple different awards this year and it's been really cool. Um, you know, we got to go to New York uh, for the synopsis event and, and it was very cool. We were definitely the only ones with cowboy hats on, and <laughs> um, but just to be recognized like that is, is really cool. And I know when the idea came about three years ago, it was like, Oh no, how are we going <laughs> to do this? How are we going to make this happen? You know, we're, we're a small, but mighty crew already. And now we've got to put on a hundred rodeos in a hundred days. And, <laughs> You know, we blew it out of the water. And then this mm-hmm. year, I can't remember the exact number. It was like 140 rodeos or something. Oh, wow. that yeah. So it's, um, that was really cool. And it kind of helped, I think, give it an identity too, mm-hmm. um, to kind of pull all of these rodeos together. Because as you know, you know, there's huge ones that we're broadcasting, but then we're also bringing to light some of the smaller rodeos too. Mm-hmm. So to me, it kind of gave it a, a sense of community and identity um, throughout the whole season when we're counting them all up. And so it was, it was a lot of work, that's for sure. And I certainly don't do most of it. There's, you know, our crew, they spend a lot of late mm-hmm. nights in the studio, you know, sometimes broadcasting rodeos till one, two in the morning, um, just to, to bring more rodeos to light. And so I, uh, we, there's a lot of us that certainly deserve a lot of credit for putting mm-hmm. that together. Well, and then a quick shout out to Carly Peterson. I know she was recognized for her work on all that. And and I got to work with her in Red Deer for the first time. And it, like, it was awesome. Like the Cowboy Channel crew, you guys set the gold standard for uh, for what it means to to, work, to do this thing. And and we'll get into more of that once we get to the CFR side of things. But um, one thing one thing I wanted to talk about was the working a live event or working an event like the CFR, the work that you put in off camera, which I think I didn't really realize that until I got to work with you in the aspect that we did that just... There's so much more that you need to do to be successful, not on camera, which I think it goes into kind of the theme of what we've just been talking about. But I think people really need to understand that it's not you just jumping out there with a microphone and and talking, talk about whatever you want. Yeah, well, thank you for recognizing that. (laughs) I really appreciate that's a that's a big compliment because I do. um, I put in a lot of hours to make sure that I'm ready and to make sure that it can come across as naturally as mm-hmm. possible. Um, and maybe that seems kind of backwards that you work very hard to look natural and to look, you know, make it <laughs> look what it easy, takes but, though. It's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I care a lot about it. And so I want to get that stat right. I want to tell your story. And, you know, as we know, contestants and rodeo cowboys, they're, they're not always the chattiest on camera. So if I can help you tell your story by just knowing something about you, that's what I really care about. And that's what I really want to make sure that I um, help these contestants portray because that's at the end of the day, what people remember. They don't, they don't remember the stats. You know, I'm a stat junkie. I love it. But at the end of the day, you know, I might memorize a stat because it's tied to a story. You know, I always remember Rylan Geyer when he won um, the Bronc riding uh, would have been, I guess, 
quite a few years ago yeah, now, yeah. but he come back, you know, from a broken leg the year before, and then he 40% of them all season long. He yep. almost qualified for the NFR just rodeoing in Canada mm -hmm. and then walked away with the Canadian title. <laughs> um, and so, but I remembered that because it was a comeback story. It was a, you know, a story mm -hmm. that I could emotionally attach to. So that's always a big goal of mine and a driving force behind getting all these stats together to help paint the picture of the finals that was the rodeo that was. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the things that, that people attach to at the end of the day. And I want to help contestants get that fan base yeah. by telling that story. Well, and, and having that information and knowing the story you want to tell can help you in those situations when you're doing a, a sideline interview, when they're kind of not giving you much, you kind of have to dig deep <laughs> to, to drive the bus a little bit. But also then it could kind of, when it goes good, it's a nice, easy flow, which I think, again, is something that is overlooked. It's like you have done the work so that maybe when it's not, when they're not giving you what you need, you can kind of pick up the, the slack a little bit and, and give them a little more. Yeah. Sometimes we do a fill in the blank question of like, <laughs> first half. come on, you got yeah, the second half. You got this. Yeah, it's like fishing. It's like fishing. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So before we move on to the next, the next piece here, I, I want to. We've kind of touched a bit on it and you and we've really kind of hammered on it a little bit, I guess. But what would be your say I'm a, a young person coming to you looking for advice to get into broadcast, especially in the rodeo side of things? What's the main piece of advice you're giving me as I head into my budding broadcast career? <laughs> I think it goes back to what you and I were talking about before and what you and I both strive to do is do the work and don't be afraid to do any piece of that work. Write, shoot video, edit. Um, you know, don't be afraid to be behind the camera just as much as you want to be in front of the camera because it's going to help you so much. Um, and I think to look outside of what you can learn in our sports, you know, you of course, you've got to have the rodeo knowledge. That's a huge, huge part of it. But don't go to school for egg communications. That's, you know, that was good enough before that was going to teach you enough. Mm -hmm. But you know the egg side. You probably know it, yeah. yeah. This world, you've mm -hmm. got to really focus on the broadcast side of it, so that you can be polished. You can, you know, understand how a show flows. So go to school for broadcasting. Even better, yeah, go to school for sports broadcasting because there mm -hmm. is a difference mm -hmm. between news broadcasting and sports broadcasting, and that's something that I really had to learn. Um, so you know, put in the work, get that structure outside of the rodeo world. Um, and, you know, just just because you can speak doesn't mean you can broadcast. Right. So get that structure as far as an education um, in broadcasting or sports broadcasting and then just put the work in before you ever expect to be able to be on camera. Um, and then you can also make opportunities for yourself. Um, I was speaking with the young broadcaster the other day and I said, look at, you know, people like Cassie Hostower with lipstick and cowboy boots. She made opportunities for herself. She created her own platform where she would do like her Monday morning minutes and she would go to events and, you know, maybe not be hired to be there, but go there and do those interviews and create that content. There's nothing that is stopping you from getting your reps in it's and people will welcome you events will welcome you because they want like, more coverage for them means exactly it's better right yeah 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 so you've got to open the door for yourself mm -hmm. in that way um by creating opportunities for yourself there's no one that is stopping you from broadcasting except yourself you have a phone 
you can broadcast because you can do those Monday morning minutes or you can um, get a media card and be at events and and do some interviews. So um, I think and I think that just goes back to being willing to put the work in mm-hmm. and being willing to do whatever you have to do to, you know, get to where you want to be. So one last thing off the board on the broadcast side of things, who are some um, broadcasters or news people or again, sports, even who you look up to or kind of who you draw influence from outside of the rodeo world? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I know. There. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So I'm so bad. <laughs> rodeo, rodeo is my sport. And so I, um, I'm probably too focused on it sometimes where I would benefit a lot from looking outside, but Mm -hmm. I do, uh, a lot of the producers are not, uh, at the cowboy channel. They're not rodeo people or else they're like super fans of other sports outside of rodeo. So lots of times if I'm feeling like I'm in a rut or feeling like I'm having trouble, I always go ask them like, Hey, who's a really good sports broadcaster. And so I'll, I'll Google or YouTube videos of them for a while. And, um, but I just, um, I try just here and there to think like, okay, what um what are people doing that i'm not or or watch a video and i think okay how did they transition from a to b um how did they ask that question because there's lots of questions that they may be asking that could totally you know uh reformat a little bit and work for rodeo so i need to do it more so that's a perfect reminder mm-hmm. Lacey, that i need that's to work your, harder that's your challenge that. for the rest of the year into 2020 24 yes so. Yes. So um, bug me again at the end of the year I and I'll tell you who I'm watching a lot. I will. I will. Um, so moving on, we're, we we just spent the week in Red Deer at CFR 49. It was a lot of fun for me getting to work with you guys, like I said before, in the Cowboy Channel crew. And you guys were a huge help to me as a, as a social media manager. Getting buy-in from people around you is like the biggest thing. So I was really thankful for that. But I, I just wanted to kind of ask you about some of your, your favorite moments kind of in and out of the arena. Some of the, like, obviously getting to work with Barb and Dave again probably was a, was a fun one. But yeah, just kind of go into what, you, what was fun about being at CFR 49, CFR 49 in Red Deer. Well, first of all, I want to thank everybody for their kindness. I felt so special getting to come back to CFR because I haven't been back in, I think, four years now. And so to get to come back and just, I felt so loved by everybody and, you know, all all the reunions I got to have. And, um, you know, I just, I felt so much love from my people that I hadn't had a chance to see in so long. So uh, I want to say thank you to everyone for that. That was definitely, you know, the overarching highlight for me was it was just, it was amazing to be back. And I hope that I get to come back year after year because I miss CFR so much. I miss Canadian rodeo. I really hope that we can keep growing to where I can come up to some Canadian rodeos and Um, so that was definitely a highlight for me. And then just the stories again, you know, how can you not love Edgar Durazo? Because he's so happy. He takes forever to get to the interview spot because he's got to hug everybody (laughs) all the way there. You know, I'm waving him in and then I get a hug at the start of the interview too. And at the end, so it was so cool to see, because the last time I broadcast the CFR, he had won a Canadian title. So to come back and have him win again and, and just see someone that is, you know, he's won a lot and he's so thankful for every opportunity, for every single thing he wins. So he's always just a highlight 
for me. Um, you know, Taylor Manning winning those back to back to back go rounds. That was really cool, especially after knocking a barrel in the first or two barrels in the first round. That was really awesome with her. I she makes me laugh because Taylor does not love to do interviews. She doesn't <laughs> she's very shy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She kind of, you know, lets her riding speak for herself. And I laughed that first go round that she won. She was up on the victory lap horse waiting to go. And I made eye contact with her and waved at her, you know, all excited. And she looks at me and she goes, Oh, and I thought, yep, she does not want to yeah. have to do this interview, oh, but gosh. she does a great job. I told her after the interview, you need to give yourself more credit because you're awesome. You're so happy. You're so sincere. Um, so it's good to, to see her again. And, you know, I feel like I've grown up with her because I've mm-hmm. seen her since she was 13 years old. And, um, so that was really, really cool to get to see her, um, you know, I love all the emotion, you know, Brady mm. Trine and Calgary Smith, they choked up a little bit in their last interview, or I guess their second last interview with me right after they'd won that final round. And you could tell it was so special to them and, and to see them not just win, but just dominate. dominate. Was, yeah. You don't oh, see that often. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was some of the best team roping I think we've ever seen. Oh at the yeah. That's great. Yeah. There's, I, there's so many stories. I feel like <laughs> It was so dramatic this year at the CFR, you know, Zeke bucking off and oh round. Oh my gosh. Like that was huge. That was like, that was like, that was like shook the world. Everybody like, yeah. it was like, big, you could hear a pin drop in the arena when he bucked off. It's like, what? This yes. has not happened to this guy. Oh, I gasped when he <laughs> yeah, came yeah. off. I, like it shocked me. I, you just don't expect that at mm-hmm. all. So it just, it was so cool to see, you know, all of these stories unfold as they always do. But this year just felt extra dramatic mm-hmm. in, in the best way. So yeah, there's, was- there's something about it too. Like just like you could tell like Red Deer was buzzing. Like the crowds mm-hmm. were great all the way from Wednesday up until Sunday. It was, it was packed in there. And just the quality of competition I found was like as good as it's ever been at the CFR. I agree. It was, it was so good. So much fun to watch it all unfold. And I'm just, you know, kudos to Red Deer for all that they did the past few years, because they've really built it up. They've really, you know, been about making the event better and better and better. And, you know, I saw a big difference from the last time I was there Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. this time. And so it, you know, we definitely have to commend them for a job well done. Well, and speaking of that, that was one thing I wanted to ask you is what, what, kind of differences did you notice and what's changed since your previous CFRs to coming back to it this year? I think it was kind of just what you said, the crowds, they were awesome. You could tell they'd kind of gotten in the swing of things in Red Deer. And I think anytime you move an event, especially one that's been in the same place for a long time, it takes a few years to really gain some momentum and really get people in the swing of things. So I just felt like overall, it was the same wonderful rodeo, wonderful experience, except it was elevated. Um, You know, just like we talked about in the arena, there was, it felt like more drama there. I felt like the crowds were bigger. The buzz was louder. Um, You know, it, it just felt like a more elevated CFR this year. And so it was, it was really cool to be a part of. I know you could see, you know, even though it was the last year for Red Deer, they still had so much care for it. And I think that really showed in the turnout and the crowd excitement and the crowd mm-hmm. engagement. And, and I want to give a shout out to, to Nikki Flundra. Those oh, open gosh. This year, Nikki always she nailed it. She job. nailed it this year. But, oh, just night after night, I was yeah. sitting there wiping tears. <laughs> and, oh, it was so yeah. cool. And 
I just think this year, you know, I felt so patriotic about my country. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that was to do with the stories that Nikki was crafting for the opening. And, you know, Brett Gardner, when we did that opening with all 12 of the NFR qualifiers in the arena um, and that the Canadian flag slowly dropped and, uh, you know, just some of the lines that Brett was it was just it was so good. <laughs> yes it gave me yeah. chills and i yeah. you know i'm wiping up tears and trying to you know, keep from sobbing in the back and so big shout out to nikki because she's she's always amazing but this year it just was a whole other level yeah it seemed like the the production team that they assembled at westerner and, and in red deer they just always refining ways to like move the needle and, and push it to become better than than even just the night before and better than in years past which i i want to give them a pat on the back just for what they've done over the few years and it just it felt like this year it didn't feel like a goodbye to red deer but like a celebration of what the cfr had become in red deer you know like it, it would have been easy for them like oh it's our last cfr like see you later yeah, like yeah. I, I was more it was less of like a happy trails and more of like hey we were here in red deer and like we made some freaking noise throughout the six for five years that it was the cfr wasn't was in town I agree. It was, it was definitely bittersweet, but it, like you said, it was also a celebration mm-hmm. of like, look at what we did the last yeah. five years. So it was awesome. Oh yeah. So, so moving on to, to CFR 50, um, the announcement happened shortly before CFR 49, um, just going back to Edmonton, which is a big deal in its own right. Edmonton's excited. I know a lot of people are excited to see it go back to, to Edmonton. Um, what does that mean for, for the CFR, for rodeo in Canada, just kind of having, the biggest event in a kind of a bigger center, bigger city type thing. I'm excited about it uh, because of the city's support of it. I'm sure you Mm -hmm. remember, you know, when we were kids going to the CFR, if you were in the rest of Edmonton, you might not know that a rodeo Mm -hmm. was on. And, you know, I think a lot of that came from Jillian Grant when she started working for the city of Edmonton and started doing activations. And, you know, this is a lot of years ago now, but Mm -hmm. she started doing activations in town where they had the chili cook off and they had the wear your jeans to work day and all of that. Um, So I'm really excited that now that it's coming back to Edmonton, the city is truly embraced it, it Mm -hmm. seems like already. And, um, you know, Explore Edmonton has seen the value of this event. And so I'm excited to see it become not just an event that is, you know, located in one spot, but something that spans the whole city. You think about like the Calgary Stampede, how many lawyers do you see walking around in black shirts, jeans and boots, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think we can kind of use that model a little bit and, yeah. and bring it to Edmonton. So yeah, I'm excited a, about that. Yeah. It's a celebration. That's one thing I've always fascinated. Like living in, I lived in downtown Calgary for six years, seven years. And that was one thing that always fascinated me with the buy-in from the whole city. It was like, Hey, like, we're celebrating the Western lifestyle. And I'm excited to see what Edmonton can, Edmonton can do with that on their, on their side. I agree. I think it'll look a little different. Um, but because I mean, Calgary Stampede has such an identity. Mm-hmm, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what the CFR's identity yeah. is going to be. Um, and just that facility too, you know, it's huge. It's a big, bad building. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool from a broadcast perspective. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, it's going to have a really sharp look to it. And mm-hmm. then even just hearing some of the plans in place as far as you know, the activations outside the building with it being earlier too, you can do more outside 
event. Yeah. I think it's just going to grow and grow. And, and I feel like it's going to modernize a little bit Mm -hmm. there and not, not in a bad way. I think it's just going to have more activations. It's still going to be, you know, the same core values that we know and love, Mm -hmm. but it's going to have a little bit of an edgier modern feel. Yeah. So it's almost like a step forward for it where it's like, it's not forgetting where it came from or what it's been to that point, but we're moving to a new chapter of like, Hey, let's, where we're moving into the future of what the CFR could be, especially as kind of like poetic in the fact that it's the 50th CFR going to be back in Edmonton. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a big deal. I know that the city is going to, you know, show up and show out because it's the 50th anniversary because they're so honored to have it back. And so I'm excited to, to see what the plans are. I know you'll, you'll be, you'll be hearing from me. I'll be wanting some insider info. Oh, hell yeah. Um, so another little event that's coming up in a few weeks, the uh, Wrangler FR in Vegas. Um, little, little, yeah, little, little tiny event. No big deal. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's happening. But yeah, we we kind of touched on, on we have 12 Canadians making their way down this year. And I think a really strong group of competitors and some people in some new events with Bo Cooper and the tie down roping and Stephen Colling going down in the steer wrestling. Um, what can we expect out of our Canadian qualifiers as we head into the NFR and and who are some some to watch and and what are some predictions maybe you might have? Well, you know, I am so proud of anything to do with Canada, whether it be, you know, our rodeos receiving awards, our stock, and especially our contestants. So I am so excited to have 12 contestants to cheer for this year, plus Tyler Craft as a pickup man as well. Um, So I feel like we have 13, you know, great Canadians there this year at the NFR. And, you know, we've got a good mix too. You look at you know, Oren Larson, he's been there so many times and, and he's, he's always just a household name, whether you're North Mm -hmm. or South of the border, always a contender. And I know it was tough on him injuring his hand last year. Uh, So it'll be really exciting to see him back. You know, he looks like he's feeling really good, exciting to have him there. And then you've got Zeke, you know, the King, I feel like I I've said it a few times at CFR all hail. (laughs) He is just amazing. But then you've got guys there for the first time. Um, Stephen Colling had an amazing year this year, and that guy is so calm and cool. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him put together 10 really good days. And Bo Cooper, I was so, so proud to watch him this year because Bo has put in the work. And mm-hmm. as you know, he's had some ups and downs. He's had some controversy, and he just prevailed as a roper and as a person through all of that. So I am, you know, one of the biggest Bo Cooper fans out there. And, you know, I'm a little biased in the title. <laughs> I just think Bo's going to be so good. He's ready. He's earned it. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. So, you know, everybody, they're, they're all so different. They all have, you know, mm-hmm. a different field of them. They all have different familiarity with the NFR. But just to have 13 Canadians there, I think really shows – how strong rodeo in Canada is and how important it is too. And that's something that I'm I'm definitely proud to be a part of. Well, and it's going to be super exciting down there in Vegas this year. My, my one to watch is Jared Parsonage in the bull riding. He, he went down there last year by himself in the bull riding, which I, I, I think for those guys, you get to know everybody going down the road, going to those big events, but you're kind of by yourself in your event you're kind of a bit isolated. And I, I think going down with Jordan Hansen, which is his best friend, traveling partner, I think you, you're going to see some, some big things out of Jared in Vegas this year. Those two were so fun to watch yeah. too, because yeah. they're so 
different to me, but they're just, you could tell they're just the best of friends and, you know, they have totally different riding styles mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're both pretty relaxed. Their personalities are pretty <laughs> yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. And it's just, when we think about how tough bull riding is, you know, what most ride percentages are like 30 to 40% and you're elite in this sport. So it's pretty cool to see two Canadians that are able to make it, you know, multiple times in the mm-hmm. bull riding. Because we know that's an event that doesn't go your way more times than not. So I'm, I'm excited for them too. Um, one thing as well is we got a huge contingent of Canadian stock heading down. I think the stampede has 45 head of horses heading down or that, that might've been the CFR anyways. There's a huge amount of fucking stock heading down, which is a, a kind of a testament to where rodeo is in Canada. Yeah, I think so too. And I feel like before I started um, heading down to the States a lot, I remember when I was Miss Rodeo Canada and I got to go to the States to a lot of rodeos, I realized how spoiled we are in Canada with our bucking stock because the horses are big, they're showy, and they are amazing equine athletes. And our, our bulls are the same too. And so I, it's really cool to see them continue to be recognized because they deserve it. Um, I think Canada, you know, I'd like to know the numbers on like per populace, per, you know, per capita. The pop- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. On, you know, how, how many of our animals make it to the big show compared to how many are in the U S too. Cause I feel like, you know, per capita, we we're pretty darn strong. We're small, but we're pretty mighty down there so it's exciting it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of um people and a lot of animals to cheer for (laughs) so so one last thing before we wrap up here what's vegas look like for you what do you got on the go what where can people find you on the cowboy channel it's gonna be hectic as per usual um we're still solidifying what everybody's doing and um i'm excited to see you know hopefully this week kind of see some of those plans come together but um, you know, I'm just, I'm so excited to be part of our team and to be back there again. Last year was very busy, um, but I wouldn't have changed it. I, you know, I was so tired. <laughs> I was so sick by the end. Um, I went and got some IVs too, just to survive the week because I was on the tailgate show for two and a half hours. And then we'd go watch the rodeo at the South Point and then do our wrap up show once contestants started to come to the South Point for the buckle ceremony. So um, I know no matter what I'm doing there, it's going to be busy. It's going to be crazy, but I'm just I'm so honored to be a part of it. And having been on the road for the last couple of years, it's been really exciting to really get to know these contestants and, and some of their stories. And, you know, like I, I look at um, Hayes Wait. I just met him at Ellensburg this year and he was competing with his jaw wired shut. He had just broke his jaw a few days before Ellensburg. And then he went and won a ton of money there. And when I interviewed him, it was so cool. You know, he's sitting there trying to just get enough <laughs> air in because his teeth are wired shut. Mm-hmm. And I, um, at that point, I think he was sitting 15th or 16th in the world and just went on an absolute tear. And I loved, he said, I'm going, I've just decided I'm getting to the NFR. And uh, so I'm excited to just kind of continue those stories into the NFR. And, you know, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm excited (laughs) to be a part of it, be a part of this team and just continue to tell these stories because I'm, I'm in, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hooked. I'm huge fans of these competitors. And I just, no matter what at the NFR, amazing stories always 
come to light, whether it's the underdog that battled mm. from 15 to one, or, you know, somebody that just absolutely dominated all the way through or, or round 10 where the perfect storm of scenarios had to happen. Mm-hmm. And as you know, more times than not, it does. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just, that's, that's the thing I'm most excited for. And just, just to be there and tell these stories. Oh, and we're, we're excited to check it out. And we're super ha- proud to have you representing us at Canadian Rodeo and Canadians as a whole down there. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to visit with me today. It's been super fun. I, it's something new I'm trying for us up here. So you were the, like I said, in the start of the show, you're the perfect first guest for me to have on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for the time. Hey, well, I'm excited to be a part of it. You're doing such a great job for Canadian Rodeo. I'm so excited that they hired you to be a part of it because you you truly are taking it to the next level and, and putting it or giving it the spotlight that it deserves. So great job for everything that you're doing. And I'm, I'm just happy to help out where I can. Well, thanks, Katie. And you can follow along with Katie at the Cowboy Channel on Facebook, Instagram, social media at the Cowboy Channel and at KT Rodeo is your Instagram handle. And you can keep up with what's going on at Pro Rodeo with at the Canadian Professional Rodeo Association on Facebook and Pro Rodeo Canada official on Instagram, where we'll be keeping you updated on what's happening at the NFR and everything beyond. And thanks again to Katie Lucas. We will catch you next time. All right. Thanks again to Katie Lucas for joining us and being our first ever guest on the Short Round Podcast. Like I talked about at the top of the show, the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals are in Regina next week from November 22nd to 25th. And it features the top 12 contestants from the Maple Leaf Circuit standings with the overall tour champion and the final champion heading to the NFR Open next July. And to preview the action coming to your way next week, I thought no better person to bring on than professional rodeo announcer and voice of the Maple Leaf, Maple Leaf Circuit Finals, Robert Schmidt. Robert, welcome to the short round. Glad to be here. <laughs> I'm looking forward to previewing this rodeo. Yeah. Well, so before we get into the nitty gritty about what to expect and who's going to be there and all that fun stuff. Um, there's, there's, it's kind of a big deal. It's your first year announcing the circuit finals um, as both Sasky boys. We spent a lot of time in the brand center over the years at the CCA finals competing and, and being around friends and family. So what's it mean to, to be announcing this finals for the first time in a building that means so much to you? I, I, I'm not sure if I've ever been more excited to announce, announce a rodeo um, than coming into next week with the, with the circuit finals, um, I, I made a Facebook post about it earlier. I, I, that was one of the first rodeos that I watched as a young kid. Graham Stewart and I won a high school title in that building way back in 2002. And and now some of those guys are still competing and I'm going to get to call their rides. So I'm super pumped to make my way into the brand center. <laughs> Man, I, I, for one, I'm super stoked for you. It's well-deserved and, and you have, you had a great, great year on the, on the trail on your end so far. So it's going to be awesome to hear you in Regina next week. So let's get to it. Uh, we got the top 12, like I said, in the Maple Leaf Circuit standings coming to Regina next week. Who are the, some of the key players to watch for and to get excited about? Well, I mean, if we if we want to just roll through it event by event, um, I think I'm going to kick it off in the ladies' barrel racing. They were the first event to kick off the CFR. I'm sure they'll be first on the list inside the Brandt Center as well. And and I think it's going to be a race of the rookies in there. Uh, the, the, the vets are there, but the rookies, they, they brought it at the CFR. And, and I'm going to start it off with a Saskatchewan girl from Mancota, Carly Cowie. She won the last round of the CFR. She had a huge finals there and, and took home the average title. And, and I think she's just going to carry that momentum into the four goal rounds inside Regina. So, yeah. 
my my one to watch is going to be Taylor Manning after smoking three round winning runs at CFR Red Deer. I feel, I feel like she just does so well in those indoor pens. So it'll the one be barrel, awesome. one barrel coaster in the end. I know, I know, man. So it'll be a good watching. So who who do we got next? Bareback riding. Bareback riding, boy. You guys were hard enough on them <laughs> in Red Deer, weren't they? But oh, man. Uh, we got a a full list of contenders, and uh, you know Ty Tipitat's coming back to Regina. Oh, uh, hometown boy let's just call it a hometown show for ty and there's no greater pressure but there's no better feeling than when you light it up in front of your hometown crowd and i'm looking forward to watching ty lay back on a few bareback horses inside that arena as well how do you count out guys like clint lay and and the, the champ oh man he is unbelievable four-time canadian champ well and then watching him like like healthy like he is like something else dude like he 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 was on fire in in red deer and like put together like just with ease with ease so it's fun to see him back at 100 percent. I, I re-watched round six last night and and just clint lay on that agent link source of calgary's is and i mean just dominated him mm-hmm. right from the start to the finish and put the exclamation point on it as dave and dustin said <laughs> solidified it right so that's awesome for him Right on. Moving on to the steer wrestling. Is that what you got next? Are we going to yeah, the sure. Order? I okay. find that cool. page here. The big boys. Um, uh, who? You know what? I'm a pretty big fan of Ty Miller. That guy. Dude, that guy yeah. on the gray horse. And the, I'm a fan of the gray horse. And uh, I think that coming in as the average champ on the CFR, again, just 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 keep going. Keep that ball rolling, and, mm-hmm, and Ty's mm-hmm. going to do that. And he's feeling good. There's some guys that are beat up. Guys like. Chance Butterfield and and company. So let, let's look for Ty Miller in inside of the brand. You're, I know what you're going to pick. You're going to pick the big gun, right? <laughs> well, you know ball. what? Okay, another guy that I might look to to do well is Ryan Shepard. Um, yes. He, he kind of had some success in Red Deer, and, and he's one of those guys I think once they get hot, they can can kind of roll that momentum forward, which is, um, which is interesting to see how these guys carry into the next event post-CFR. I know like for some guys it's – run another six under me or another six runs, or it's like some guys need that rest to heal up, like maybe a chance Butterfield or somebody, but right. it'll be, it'll be exciting to see. A fun, a fun fact about Schuckberg. I remember the first time I ever saw him was in the CCA finals and Swift current and Doug, Doug nudged me in the announcers. He said, you watch this kid right here. He's going to be somebody to watch in the next few years. And once again, Doug Young was right with the call. <laughs> Schuckberg made it. Doug's got all the all the predictions down. Um, so that'll take us to the saddle bronc of the team roping. What, what is next? We can we can go wherever you want. The team roping. Let's go team roping. Yeah, this is your wheelhouse, your bread and this butter. This is my wheelhouse, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. The team roping is going to be wide open. There's some new partnerships that we're gonna see. There's guys that rope together at the CFR that are are wheeling with with new partners in the in the brand center. So. And the team roping always is impressive at the Maple Leaf Circuit Finals. That's where the Canadian record is, 3.3. How fast is it going to be? I look at all of these guys. There's a lot of young guys. And I think that's that's myself starting to show my age as well. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Grady Qualm and Devin Wakemeyer. They're coming in as the most money one throughout the tour. And, uh, you know, Grady Qualm and Devin, just two guys that I know pretty well personally and and uh, I'm rooting for Grady Qualm this week. That's makes that's something happen. 
I'm going to put my money down on uh, T. McLeod and Brady Chapel. They cooled off a little <laughs> bit at the end of um, the CFR, but a couple of hometown guys, I think that they're going to find their mojo again and shoot the lights. I know Brady Chapel like ropes tougher than anybody in the brand center. Yeah. I don't like you just like we'll go how back. Many, how many old... titles as? Uh, yeah, exactly. Has yeah. Brady won in the brand? Yeah. So right? man, so... When, that, when those guys get rolling, they're they're tough to beat. So it'll be the team roping will be definitely be exciting. It it is um, definitely a contingency of young guys in the team up there's a it's lot cool. of it, it's kind of cool to see that changing of the guard hey like even 100%. uh i was talking to early mcfadden at the cfr and then he's like mentioning how he was getting some of the young guys were, were busting him up a bit and then like, he's like i'm not even that old like i'm 30 whatever he is and it's like yeah it's just that's the way the way yeah. these things go down man it's well, crazy we can say, well roland is rolling to the hip now just <laughs> <laughs> uh okay so let's go into the saddle bronc riding um uh, it's just like it may not be the may not have all the the heavy hitters that we saw at cfr but i mean still a stacked list of saddle bronc riders heading into regina it is a stacked list of saddle bronc riders and i think i'm gonna go with the guy that has the most money won on the year um i still sometimes question how he wasn't in contention more for an nfr qualification and that and that is uh lucas matza that's uh Maybe I have to pick him now because his, <laughs> his mailing address is the is the same as mine, and yeah. he's, he's joined the club here in Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Um, but uh, man, that guy rides well, dude. And he's I think he's one of those guys that's just like scratching the surface. Like he rode so good at the CFR, and like just has so much potential to be like right up there with the top guys in the world. So yeah, hoping hoping he can get rolling and and find his way not only back to the CFR, but into Vegas next year. Um, for me, it's going to be Tyrell Roberts to watch. Yeah. That's another one of those young guys that like, he has so much talent and is figuring it out. And if you give him the right horse, he can make some snappy bronc rides. So absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be fun in the saddle bronc riding. And then that'll take us to the tie down roping. The tie down roping. You know who I was going to pick? Right off the hop is I was a uh, I was gonna pick Eric DeBlanco. I'm a I'm mm. a big strong guy myself, and that <laughs> guy moves lightning fast. He can blow through a calf on the ground, but that hamstring injury or that nagging leg injury that mm. that is coming at him, as uh, we'll see how that plays out. So, I mean, you can never count out Logan Bear, Kyle Lucas, of course, but uh, once again, I I mean, I guess I got to root for the Sasky boy inside of the Brandt Center, Jesse Popesco. Two event guy, Phenom, and how fast can he be at any given time? Got to give the home the home court advantage. Um, I think it's – I might be cheating a bit here, but Kyle Lucas is the guy, I think. he yeah. He's one of those guys like, – he didn't have a great CFR, but I think it was just a couple of missteps that like took him out of contention. So I think he's going to get that dialed in heading into Regina. It's going to be a good week for him. So second – that's a good pick, man. Yeah. So he got that guy's quick. Um, now we got the ladies breakaway roping again, a solid contingent of gals here, like pretty much all your heavy hitters from, from CFR, right? And uh, you know, all year long, uh, been a fan, been a fan of her roping and uh, coming from a, from a rodeo family and watch your brother um, kill it in the bull riding as well. And that's Shea Beaver, Claire's home, the champ. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable roper. She's got ice in her veins, man. That girl, she was super impressive. I didn't realize, um, how good she was until seeing her at CFR last week, man. She 
went up there like top of the road Michaela Bourgeois was was there and and the best girls in Canada and and shot the lights up so I think she unfazed that's I always yeah. say it like unfazed it doesn't matter what's in front yeah. of her she just goes and makes a run and I think that's pretty cool oh yeah get must get it from her brother <laughs> <laughs> all right and last but not least the bull riding the Toro Your Locos specialty right here Lacey yeah, I'm man, gonna let I'm... you go first oh dude I don't know some of these guys are a little banged up um but again i'm gonna give some go home corn advantage and get chance switzer he's uh he's another one of them guys kind of like lucas moxa has got so much talent and just kind of scratching the surface on what he can do at this level we saw him at a pbr event in saskatoon a few weeks ago make some killer bull rides and i think if he can just find a way to stay 100 healthy or like relatively healthy for a season and and get in a groove like chance is tough to beat we saw it at the amateur level like for a few years in the cca you couldn't touch him so i think it's only a matter of time before he starts to find his way at the top level. I agree. I agree. Uh, Chance has just missed the CFR the last couple of years after making the jump to the CPRA. And and like you said, we saw him make some big-time bull rides in Saskatoon. I watched it again in Yorkton. and he followed it up. So I think he's on a bit of a heater, and uh, and I think he's going to be extra motivated inside that brand center. I mean, he wants to get to the NFR Open, see where mm-hmm. that takes him. And the doors are the doors are opening up, and I know a lot of other people in the bull riding world have been talking about Chance uh, the last little while. A guy that I've always been a fan of, um, Jacob Gardner, Fort St. John, Dude, yeah. the king of the peace country, and and if they go into his hand, it's for sure a done deal. Yeah, and he just like he has the he takes like takes the fight to him all the time, like, no matter what. Like if he's overmatched or like in a bad position, like he just finds a way to like keep fighting and scratching and clawing. And I like Jake's so impressive that way. So he's going to be tough to beat. Um, you mentioned the NFR open, uh, talk a bit about like, that's has some big implications, like, especially for some of these guys, maybe like a Clint lay or, or one of those people who, who are going to make a push for Vegas next year. Like there's some big time money available at the NFR open. Well, I, I think that is the, the key. And I think that is, it can be, it's life-changing money for those guys to get down there and and ride for that. I, I'm not even sure what the prize money is off the top of my head. Is hundred thousand dollars? It's a, I, yeah, I, I didn't do homework on that, uh, one, but it's it's a ton. It's a ton. I just know that if you can get there, and and what a way to get there when you qualify in November and it's not till till July and yeah. can set your entire season up. And I, I think I think back to guys, the veterans, the KG veterans like Scott Gunther and. And guys like Dakota Butter that are maybe at the rough stock end of the arena, there's an old Wiley veteran in the bull riding world. But, I mean, if he gets himself to a place like the circuit finals, it could set up his entire year. I mean, So I think it is an opportunity. So not only for those old guys, but for guys like yeah. Chance Spencer. See where the road takes you. Yeah, well, it's sure to, be, uh, sure to be an awesome week in, in Regina. I know it's an exciting time with Canadian Western Exhibition on and a busy time in Regina. It's going to be a busy one for you and we appreciate you taking the time to give us a quick little breakdown before we head into to the maple leaf circuit finals i appreciate you having me it's it's been a blast lacy right on well that's going to do it for the first episode here of the short round podcast thanks so much for joining us you can catch all the action from the maple leaf circuit finals on the cowboy channel plus app we'll be releasing any more info it's going to be end up on the actual cowboy channel so stay tuned to that and follow along as we move through the NFR into the winter on the Canadian Professional Rodeo Association Facebook page and our Instagram at Pro Rodeo Canada Official. I'm your host, Wacey Anderson, and we will catch you 
down the trail. 